Welcome to Productivity Mastery. Stoy here, a productivity and performance coach on a mission to help businesses and people get the most out of their time. On this podcast, I'll bring you exceptional performers and together unlock what it takes to perform at your highest level. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Productivity Mastery 1. 101 episode 101 uh the podcast that is bringing you some of the most inspiring and successful people on the planet and they're sharing their insights their strategies the lessons that they learned from their experience and i couldn't be more happy to welcome our guest today this gentleman that's uh, standing in front of me today he is a rock star he has generated over 135 million euro in revenue he scaled three businesses from zero to eight figures and actually supported tens of businesses to to grow to seven to eight figures himself he's built three two performance agencies he is just a, a great guy who loves to share and if you if you have anything to do with e-commerce if you want to grow your business uh, virtually online uh that's the guy you want to talk to you're great to have you brother how are you Yo, such a great intro, yeah! Super excited about today's talk. So tell us, uh, tell us about your story, man. What what brought you to to start, you know, being an entrepreneur and and supporting yeah. businesses to grow with e-commerce? Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so basically, I think it actually started like in high school uh, because I started listening to this like YouTube videos regarding like different founders, entrepreneurs starting their own businesses. Uh, back then I was uh, really into sports. So I wanted to become like a professional sportsman. I realized that this is not going to happen. So, okay, uh, what's next? Um, then actually during the university, so I actually attended the um, University of Economics here in Ljubljana. Um, I started like trying to just be curious about in which direction actually to go to. Uh, so I really had this passion for entrepreneurship. Didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> but basically one of the courses was marketing. And basically I got also inspired this by my sister because she was really into marketing. I was, I was like, okay, let's learn marketing then. Yeah, just, and, a little uh, note, just a little note, guys. Uh, Maya Voya, she's already been on the podcast. His t- sister is also a rock star, marketer, growth marketer. So make sure to check yeah. out this episode as well. Yure, go ahead. Yeah, no worries. Amazing. Yeah, check, check out uh, Maya as well. Yeah. So basically I started... Uh, diving deep into the marketing space and I said, okay, this is really interesting for me. It was the most interesting part was this online marketing because you could actually target people and you could actually understand the data. Uh, this is this was like back then, right now, we all have uh, problems getting the data because of the iOS changes, the privacy changes. But for me, it was like, I wanted to learn how to actually sell uh, things online. Um, so I actually applied for an internship in a marketing agency. And I actually got the first uh, few days was like, okay, you're going to pick up the phone. You're going to uh, collect some papers and reorder them. Uh, And one day, actually one of the uh, team members uh, went to vacation and I need to jump in on the marketing. So it was Facebook marketing. Uh, And uh, I was like, okay, I don't know how to do this. Um, 
and she said, yeah, it's no worries. I'll uh, write you how it's done, like the process. And I had like this one hour onboarding and I tried it. And the next day when I actually came to the office, the boss was like, Yure. And I was like, oh my God, uh, what happened? Did I do something wrong? Did I spend too much money? And he was like, it's selling. So for me, it was like, okay, this is really good. So I could actually sell things from the office throughout Slovenia. So basically when my uh, mind opened was when we started selling internationally. So after actually eight months of being in that company, I said, okay, I want to start my own company. I started my own agency. And basically it was to specialize helping the local businesses to sell uh, in other markets, in other European markets. So it was this localization. And for me, it was a really good fit because it was the combination between like the entrepreneurship and the marketing. So I think this is how it actually got started, sparked a lot of um, desire and passion inside me to actually follow this journey on the entrepreneurship and marketing. And then, you know, it was ups and downs. And I know we're going to cover uh, this all today, but basically I'm curious about in which direction you want to uh, go next. No, absolutely. Well, not so many people can can mention and and share that they scaled a business from zero to eight figures, and and you've you've done that multiple times. And I'm just curious, what what did it really take? Like, how long did it take for you to do that? And and maybe could you lead us on the journey? What yeah. what, what really made the difference in terms of yeah. uh, of these the most important steps and milestones that you reached? Yeah. Uh, so from my side, it was basically when I started, it was like, okay, I want to help like as many businesses as possible. And it was basically actually to get like the technical knowledge and basically the confidence to perform. And when I when I got like 20, 30 success stories behind me, also, uh, also some failures in the way as uh, it always is on this kind of journeys, I basically say, okay, what is... Uh, what's the next step for me? Because for me, it's like I'm super um, competitive about insight, insight. So I want to actually grow like month by month. I want to challenge myself. I want to see like what's the next step for me and uh, what's the max potential I could actually reach. So basically it was the decision and the commitment to say, okay, I want to move from helping like the small businesses to get to like six figures, how do we get like to seven figures or to eight figures? And I think it was basically a decision from my side and a commitment to do whatever it takes to actually learn that. And how, how uh, this was actually implemented, obviously a lot of time invested in it. So I said, okay, I'm focusing like on two free projects and I really want to grow them like super hard because this is basically... Um, in the area where the pressure is, when the challenges are, this is where you actually learn the most, I believe. Um, so basically, I started connecting and with other people that have been on that level already to share their stories, to share the tactics. I also shared like my learnings with them. And basically, it was like um, creating like a network of people around me that are uh, either in that area or are also chasing that area. So it was basically, I need to learn a lot, uh, combining like different channels, how the creative is approaches, how to open new market, uh, how to localize, how to hire people. But I think it was like the biggest needle mover was like this uh, decision, super passion that you're really passionate about it, the dedication about it, and then also to finding the people and doing the research 
uh, to learn from the uh, best uh, scenarios and the case studies to know what is your next step. And it was basically for me, it was like a workout plan then. So, okay, I need to implement it in the next six months. I need to implement like this, 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 this. So the biggest priority for me is this one. Let's tackle this one. And it was like going just one by one, day by day, and just observing like the progress and creating like this uh, macro goal into the micro goal and just going like day by day through it. I just I just want to review this uh, for, for a second because I think it's super important what you're sharing. So basically, guys, he he's sharing lessons from experience, something really important. First of all, he had this ambition. He was very clear what he's after. So he's setting the vision. He's excited about it. I would imagine the team is excited about it. And then he sets the plan and the plan involves these are the top things that we need to focus on if we want to grow. Two, three things. You know, that's that's one of the struggles of entrepreneurs, especially early stage entrepreneurs. They want to be everywhere. They want to do everything. Every opportunity looks like, uh, you know, the shiny object. Uh, and, and this guy's coming here and telling you, no, you, you got to focus. You got to be disciplined. These are the things that matter. And the way to define them is let me talk to the people yeah. who actually have done it. Let me surround myself with people who, who have been where I want to be. Right. Um, and, and this is going to be my next question, you know, it's uh, how did you approach these people? I think sometimes people, people are afraid to reach out to successful entrepreneurs and, and role models. What was your approach? What, what worked and what didn't work in terms of surrounding yourself with yeah. successful people? For me, it was actually the for because in the early stages of my career, I actually want to learn everywhere i wanted to watch like youtube videos i want to read blog i want to buy courses so i had like this 20 different sources of knowledge and each of them uh, tell me a little bit different what to do so the the information were uh, crashing between each other so i was a little bit confused what to do so basically uh, what my decision was that i want to actually figure out like the three five people that are really really crushing it not just saying that they're crushing it but to have the track record behind it and have the willingness to actually share that knowledge so how i actually approached this was that i started researching like linkedin instagram youtube and podcasts. basically what i found out that the podcasts were the sweet spot and i tried to learn actually who who are the guys that uh, are giving away some practical knowledge, some practical strategy, and wanted to connect with them. And basically, the upside for me was that I already have some traction behind. So I, I showed them, like, for me, it was one of the um, I, the biggest added value that I bring, bring to the table was that I actually got a lot of traction here in Europe. And the majority of these people actually got businesses in U.S. And they did a lot of growth in U.S., but uh, when you look at in the digital marketing space, usually like uh, what is happening in the U.S. right now and it's working is coming to Europe. So I wanted to realize this. OK, let's learn what is working in U.S. 
and on the western part of the Europe and try to implement like in the Central Europe, inter, Eastern Europe. So basically how approach was basically just to say, I listened to a couple of podcasts. Um, I reached out to say, okay, I really like like this uh, episode, really want to learn more about this certain topic that you were actually explaining. Uh, would you be able uh, to or willing to jump on a call and have a discussion around it? And maybe I can also provide you some value with localization. So because I believe people in many cases are overestimating what others know and other estimating what they know. So they're actually lacking the confidence on the knowledge that they have, although they might be doing uh, some things for a couple of years now. Uh, they still think, yeah, I don't know uh, something practical. But you know what? For someone that is not like on that market or on that channel or in that business, something that is like a common sense to you might be like a really good tip for the other one. So analyze like what you learn in your journey so far and try to also provide value to them. The other way around is also to pay for the consultation, but I usually try to take this approach. I'll bring some value and I'll also ask for some value. What an important point, guys. Uh, those those of you who are listening, if, if you want to get around people that are ahead of you on the journey, and I get so many of these emails, Yuri, I'm sure you do as well, that somebody wants my help, but they're not thinking about what, what they can provide for me as a value, right? Like, like uh, try to put yourself in the shoes of the other person, especially the people who are successful. They, they're busy people. They don't want to give their time for anything. They're, they're already really busy. So what can you do to provide value for them? In your case, Yuri, you, you had experience in Europe localization yep. you can share some strategies i listened to another podcast uh, with you where you shared that uh, you are joining this mastermind calls um yep. and i've been setting up a lot of mastermind calls myself during during you know uh, in the past several years and usually many cases i'm the least experienced person in the room right because but i'm the person who brings everybody together yeah. So so yeah. so I create value based on that, and I'm like, oh my god, what yeah. are, you know, these people in the room, they're so experienced, it's amazing. Yeah. But but as you said, you you don't know how much value it can actually create. You have yeah. knowledge that these people don't that you can you can offer. So this is yeah. absolutely amazing. Have you started setting up any mastermind groups with all those people? And and generally, yeah. what was yeah. the conversion rate like when you reach out? How many of these people, <laughs> you know? I need I to actually check like how many people responded, but basically what happens at the end of the day, if you get two or three, they will actually connect you to the right people. Because when you start talking with them and because at the end of the day, like the great founders are and the CEOs are always learning. So basically they want to get the knowledge, although they might be on a certain point, but they always chase for something that is in front of them. And uh, like they know 50% of the um, areas they need to improve, but they're always curious about what needs to be done, what can be improved, because we're all in a fast changing environment. Uh, it's hard to predict or to plan things. So you're always learning. Uh, things so when you actually bring like this to understand okay this is my uniqueness and i tell you something uh something that you think 
as your unique selling point, your USP or your benefit at the end of the day, it might be something else. Uh, because you'll get the feedback from the people, basically try to share what you know, and then you maybe ask like, okay, what was like the most valuable for you? Uh, or what are the areas that you're struggling or something like that? Try to learn. And basically uh, talking to five people or something like to realize, okay, this is the area that is like my sweet spot. And this is where I can actually improve the knowledge. And for me, it was like I was connected to, so I reached out uh, to maybe 20 people. I got like six, seven replies from that. So because they were super personalized about it. So I actually studied these people and I personalized the note to them. Um, and basically what happened then is that three of these people actually connected me to, let's say, 10 to 12 different people. So I got a circle of 15 people that are on the same journey or in front of me or chasing the same thing. And we can actually exchange knowledge together. So I believe like right now is a really good uh, time to do that because it's like, uh, like I said, like the environment is super unpredictable. And with all this um, remote work, globalization, uh, people work from all around the world. I think it's even... Uh, easier to get to jump on a call and discuss with people and people like to love to actually talk about like their success and their strategies it's not like they're not able to share they don't want to share usually it's like it's a confirmation for them because if you're actually achieving and you're a, you're a high achiever and you're super competitive and always goal oriented what happened in the end of the day that you're just chasing the next thing next thing and you realize when you talk with someone and explain what you have actually done, you realize how far you actually come. So it's like a win-win situation because this might be like a really good time for you also to reflect about what you have done and feel good about yourself. Absolutely. I couldn't agree anymore. And just to give one example, recently we set up a private mastermind call for um, one of the guests of the other podcast that I'm co-hosting, uh, The Leaders Who Care. And we reach out to some of the other guests and see if they might be interested to join. And one of them was, for example, the the founder of Reebok, Joe Foster. I was like, why not? You know, let's, let's ask him if he wants to join. Yeah, sure. I'd love to join. The guy joined a two-hour conversation, shared a lot of knowledge and insights. Because first of all, he wants to give. He wants to give back. But then yeah. secondly, he will also find some good strategies. He will reflect, he will, he will make some new connections. So uh, absolutely, man. And I, and I would imagine in all these conversations, you learn so many new tools, strategies, you change yeah. your perspective. Can you maybe give us, a, give us an idea? How do you approach a, a case with a new client, like at mm -hmm. we scale, right? Like what yeah. is the step-by-step -step to understand what they need and to create a strategy to grow yeah. their e-commerce. Yeah. Um, so let's say that it's a business that already have some traction on the market. So they actually went through this, like the uh, product market fit phase. So they, they started selling, they understand their customers. Um, they got some traction on one market, their home market. Uh, basically what we do first is to learn the data that is already there. So to understand, okay, what are what is the demographic? What's the user behavior? We usually like to also send out so surveys to understand like what they, to understand the customer. Because I think nowadays uh, the 
the must or the best skill uh, as a marketer to have is to be able to put yourself in the customer shoes and to understand their needs, uh, their concerns. So how we do that is to survey the customer, to analyze the existing data, to analyze the competitors, to analyze the reviews, um, to learn about what the people are, are talking about on that forums, what they're asking about this. So basically, usually it's like the research part. Then is uh, the second part is the strategy. So we understand like, okay, talk with the client to understand, okay, what are your KPIs? What is like, um, if you have already a strategy in place to expand on the existing market, what it is? Is it like if you have... Uh, Physical products, okay, are you introducing new product? Do you have some special offers coming up? Uh, what kind of demographics are we targeting right now? How do we expand this? Uh, how we are using like interest targeting and understand like different stages of the marketing and how they're using it. So what do they use for the acquisition? What do they use for the awareness? What do they use for the retention side? What do they use to create like this community versus branding on the market? And basically understand like what are the channels that they use so we could actually prepare the strategy. And uh, usually is. Uh, if you would ask me one or two years ago, I would say, okay, go hard on Facebook and then figure out the rest. But right now it's like, it's super important to have like this strategy in place uh, early to understand, okay, how we are going to make sure that the customers will come back, how we will build up our customer data base, how we will build our community, where we will get the content, where we will acquire customers in different channels. So it's not like the decision if it's working or not, but basically a comparison of different channels and understanding like which are the metrics and what are the profitability metrics that we're following. So this is the second stage. The third stage is like agreeing on the targets. So it's super important for the company to know their metrics about like what's the break-even point, what's the profitability target point that they want to go to, what do the current metrics look like, what's the conversion rate, the checkout process, how is like different stages of the funnel, uh, what is like the cost per um, getting one customer to the website. So basically uh, diving deep into the um, metrics and understand, okay, these are our targets because basically then you make on decisions where you are with the targets. So this is like uh, the target target phase. And then it's like the preparation phase to actually get like all the channels set up, all the content in place, and then start the testing, scaling and so on. And then it's like a repetitive process about okay what you are testing what's working what we are optimizing what's scaling and then when you actually usually um trigger or you actually get some traction on the market then it's like two questions so one is how do you grow on the existing market and the second question is how do you expand to other markets um what i see many businesses do is they try to tackle many markets at the same time but my advice usually if, if there is no uh, like a couple of million budget behind it to actually go slower and try to figure out like one to two markets and then go market by market. If this is like the e-commerce business or something like that, or you want to localize inside Europe. And basically then it's like, okay, what we're going to do to 
to improve our uh, presence in the existing market? How do we become like a market leader or getting the higher percentage on that market? And then in which market to actually go next and how we'll actually tackle those markets. So this is basically like a short overview around the strategy. But if you want to dive in a, a certain different phase, feel free to ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, if you are listening live, uh, make sure to to post your question. We'll try to take some questions by the end. But uh, one thing uh, that for me is interesting and it's, it's it's an important point, I guess, for all of us to, to, to learn is the, you know, when people hear localization and stuff and they probably think this guy Euro is just going in 14 different markets from the get-go. And now what you're saying is, you know, you first want to to... To First get the local the, market, yeah, yeah and, and potentially become a, a, a leader in the market if you can, if you can yeah. afford it with, with, with the resources. Um, what would be what would be maybe an example? I, I don't know if you can share an example, but like if you can give a specific brand or example and, and lead us through um, this was the product, this was what they wanted, and um, and we applied this type of ads. And that's how, like, if you can give us some some example from maybe okay. a recent example, would be fantastic too. Yeah, to sure. Hear. Yeah. Um, if it's okay, I'll uh, talk about the niche, not a direct brand. Uh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. NDAs. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Um, so uh, the practical example is on the beauty brand. So basically they came up with like 30 different products. Um, so they, they come to us like when they were present in the market for two months. Uh, they got some traction. They were doing like 5 to 10K. So nothing special, but they got some sales and the feedbacks. And basically why we actually decided to work with them is because we saw like really good reviews and there was a potential of higher retention rate. Basically, this is like a huge factor for us because we believe like the businesses that will succeed are either a um, high potential with the retention rate, so rebuying or a subscription businesses. So it's not only one-time buy. So basically, then you just are selling the product. But basically, we want to actually uh, sell multiple different products that are branded and create down the road create a brand around it. So, so you saw um, you saw good reviews that the product was liked yeah. by the customers. Yeah. And we actually tested like this product. So what we like to do is that we also. Um, ask for to get the products to test it out to maybe also um, share with some friends to say okay what do you think about it what is important for you to see okay how do they also test it if it's like a makeup product okay what do they do at the beginning because basically and what do they ask because this is like the question that also you potential customers will have and you can actually tackle this kind of objective uh, because I believe like in many cases, uh, e-com companies and uh, digital companies lose the touch of being like in this real world, uh, world examples. Because I believe like it's at the end of the day is like, although it's a website in between, but uh, there's still a person on the other side. And the person might have a similar type of objectives. Uh, when they come to the product page and uh, thinking about the product as they do in the real life. Um, so we wanted to learn that. Um, so we said, okay, we have like the, we started on the market with 5 million people. So we say, okay, we want to reach like 200 to 300 K of sales. So we analyze like what's the revenue from the other competitors. And we say, okay, we want to actually reach like 200 to 300 K on the existing market. 
And then we started like testing aggressively with different channels, with many creatives. We implemented like a lot of influencer marketing, started doing like the email marketing and community building like super early to actually build like this um, community or a tribe around like this product. So what happened at the end of the day was that the... Um, Customers became like a little bit ambassadors of the product. So they were commenting uh, below the ads or, oh, this is really good product. I recommended this to my mother or something like that. I really like it. St started posting their uh, photos and this was all real customers. So we said like, okay, and we... We for the next four months, we only work on that existing marketing order for us to actually set, okay, this is the target, this is the MER that we're saying, and we reach like this revenue with this kind of MER. And because we did that, and it was a small country, there was like a lot of uh, returning customers and a lot of referrals. So although we didn't invest that much like the next month, so we started investing in new market, all profitability went up and also the revenue went up because we were introducing new products. So the customers actually uh, kept repurchasing the products, but with the lower marketing spend, the profitability went up. So we had room for investing in a new market. So with the new market, we analyzed, okay, what work on the existing market? Because we had a lot of traction on that one. So understand, okay, what is like the communication? What's the imagery like? What are the videos? What kind of influencers we need to target? How to set up like the retention, the community strategy? And there it was like, so we were able to go faster because we did the research on the market and we had the traction of the existing market. So we understand, okay, on that market, it's like, it's super important to have like language. Uh, these are the top influencers. These are the payment methods. This is the, the communication that they're actually expecting. These are the main competitors on the market. So we adapted on that. So it was like the journey was, so first tackle the whole market and then go market by market. And then it's it was like, the time gap in between could be like a two to three months or even four months between like uh, figuring out the existing market. And then we started when we have like four markets, then we started like adding like two markets. So this company is actually in two years, they actually grew to 50 million total revenue profitably. And right now they're actually present in eight different markets. And this is basically the strategy with the localization. And I knew that, uh, because like I have worked on many different countries and with companies so understand like on which market to go next and what's important on that market and then it was basically like uh, replicating what is working on the existing market but really invest your time do a lot of surveys a lot of research a lot of testing to actually reach like this amount of revenue and then go to the next market it's not like you're going all in 10 markets localize everything you need 30 people to do that start small and then expand on that and just just to for the audience again if you can maybe you already shared it but to repeat it like what is yeah. the revenue level um, like you have to sustain in the local market before you decide to to tackle other markets like what i would say that is actually uh, sorry to interrupt yeah uh basically i would say that it depends on the market size because if you say you want to become like a bigger player in germany then you have a lot of room to actually <laughs> to actually uh, grow there if you are it might be and also of the niche because if you are going after the mass masses 
said that you, your audience is super broad. You might get in Germany, you might need to generate like 20 million uh, of yearly revenue before saying, okay, I'm a really good player on that market. But in a smaller markets, uh, I would suggest that you analyze like what kind of the revenue the competitors are doing. And based on that, try to actually study because although it might be a super big market, it might be that it's a niche product. So there is like a market uh, gap space of like that the total, the, the average is like 80K. So it's uh, not then smart to say, okay, I want to figure out like to go to half a meal per month. But I would definitely suggest to have like at least traction on 100K on the existing market. Like this is the bare minimum from my side in order to say, okay, we know something about that market. We are obviously not the market leader, but we know something what is already working and then basically expand on that. But I would definitely invest the time to learn about like what's the market size or for that kind of niche that you're tackling and also what kind of revenue the customers. But I would say minimum is at least 100K. This is the best answer that I can give you in general. No, thanks, not a practical what, example. A, what a great uh, explanation around it. And since we have a lot of early stage founders, uh, you know, founders and entrepreneurs who are leading uh, smaller companies yet you know they're ambitious to scale and so on but uh, but probably they don't have the means to to hire somebody like you guys to help them out yet uh what would be what would be some you know practical suggestions in terms of the different mediums that are working today like you mentioned that you guys do a lot of work with influencers you also mentioned Facebook ads, Instagram, but like really what, what's happening in, what is it now? It's the end of March, 2022. Yeah. Uh, from your experience with the recent yeah. client cases and so on, what are the, mm -hmm. the hot places where the attention is underpriced? Underpriced attention. Okay. <laughs> great, great question. Uh, so basically the suggestion for the marketing channel, like I mentioned, is to understand like, okay, what's my push marketing channel? What is my pull marketing channel? What is my retention marketing channel? And what is my community marketing channel? So this is like usually the four that you need to answer. So if you go from the backup, so the community building is like where you will create like the um, the tribe around like your products or your brand so here the suggestion would be to either put them on in the facebook group because in the facebook group usually the people are super uh, engaging and you can get a lot of data so you create like this safe space i know that uh, some brands are also using like discord or something like that to um to build the community but i think it's like okay where do we put our customers together because you could actually also say i'm using like facebook instagram but usually there's not like this two-way communication. It's more like I look at Facebook and Instagram more like a news feed because it also says news feed. So you're actually just popping up the updates. You might get some replies, some engaging, but this is where uh, customers usually get to check like the news. So what is actually happening outside the world. So make sure to actually create like a, um, space where the customers can connect. You can also do it via email uh, to 
boost these uh, interactions between each other or send out some surveys. But this is basically like what I suggest regarding the organic side. So if you are doing some organic, uh, I would suggest to try to tackle TikTok because TikTok right now has an algorithm that is pushing like uh, really hard on the organic content and you can actually get viral, although you don't have a lot of following. So you're not that dependent on uh, what kind of database you already have from that. So make sure to actually partner with someone uh, with some micro influencers or some something like that that can produce the content for you. You don't need to do it yourself. If you have this uh, creativity inside you and you are the person that want to showcase in front of the camera and uh, do some entertainment or education or something like that, do it. But if it's not, you can also hire someone. Uh, to do it, to do it for you. So this is regarding community and uh, uh, the organic side. Um, so regarding the retention side, um, I would say that it's really good to actually um, have like the email. Although like uh, they're saying the email marketing is dead for the last twenty years, it still works. <laughs> in all the clients actually that I work with, the and email marketing it. still you're, works. This is very important because many people trying to figure out how how can i make it effective you know like how yeah. can we make email marketing to be effective is is it coming down to trying to think of how can i create more value for the customer like what are what are some tips for it's the combination i believe it's the combination between like providing value, listening to customers about what they want to read, also understanding like what are the biggest player on that in your niche, not inside the country, because usually it might happen that someone is, uh, let's say, subscribed to both newsletters. So you want to actually figure out like what from the other, the international players, what they're doing so you can learn about it and then also create like some exclusivity about it. So uh, how can you create like better offers or early access or something like that to the people that you have? So uh, make sure that you provide something special to them. So it's not like the same thing as you communicate on all the channels. And this is basically like a, one touch point, uh, an additional touch point, but make sure to actually feel them like special about it. So they get some, like some extra offers, some early access or something like that. One thing that we also love to do is that when we are launching new product that we build out the VIP list and then the VIP list get the early access uh, via email. So make sure to, to feel them special and also ask them. One thing that we love to do like each quarter or something like that. So quarter or in, inside six months to send out the survey and ask if you were the CEO of this company, what would be the next product that you would launch? What do you like most about uh, our company? Also analyze like what's the um, net promotional score or something like that. So make sure to have like the um, interaction between them. And it's not only uh, you speaking about what's up with your brand, but make sure to also listen because I believe the majority of the value uh, that you and also the learnings and the tests will come from the customers because although you might understand them, uh, it's super important to include them because with many customers, you get like some um, direction in which area you go to so i can give you some examples with the beauty brand so we actually asked them like this question around like if you were the ceo which product category would you introduce next 
they tell us and this pro product category right now is generating like 20% plus of the total sales because we saw like this huge demand for this one although we didn't uh, we didn't actually believe that this would be like our sweet spot for us but uh, we understood like okay this is the product category that our customers really like and i'm really a huge believer that you have like two different types of products when you launch and also product categories so we have the push push products and product categories about uh, to acquire new customers. And then you have like the retention product categories that are actually meant for your existing customers. So it's really important to actually keep them loyal because I believe loyalty right now in 2022, it's uh, super hard to actually maintain in this digital marketing space. So if we continue there, so this is like the retention side. So basically the uh, push side, I would actually suggest to play around like with uh, between Facebook ads and TikTok ads. So if you are in big country, the developed country, I would also recommend you to test TikTok advertising. We saw this working really well in uh, France, Germany, Italy, in some of the European markets perform really well. Uh, started investing like 30 to 40% of the budget inside the channel. But I believe still like uh, Facebook for like e-commerce businesses so is still like the sweet spot. Uh, but the difference there is that you need to take care that you have the tool uh, behind you to actually get the data to understand what's working and to realize that although we lost like the data and the interest targeting is not as effective as before is okay how do i adapt my copy my creative and my landing page in order to actually tackle that persona and the benefit that i wanted to communicate so you need to be more creative around that and last but not least so for the pool marketing so if someone is actually searching think about like between like google and it makes sense amazon i obviously don't have much experience with amazon but i know many people that are crushing in on it so think about like in which area into which channel to use but to sum up really quickly is facebook or tiktok or both test both uh definitely more budget on the facebook site first then if you need the content creation source work with influencers they will create like the brand awareness the sales and the content for you um, activate email marketing super early then also think about sms make them feel special and last but not least create a community uh, early so you get the feedback from the customers this is fantastic, man. And, and you mentioned in another interview, but it was six months ago, so I'm not sure if it's still relevant in the <laughs> in the dynamic world of marketing, but you mentioned uh, influencer dark, dark posts. Is yeah. that something that's still relevant? And can you maybe, yeah. maybe talk about that? Yeah, so um, it's still a te technique that is used a lot. Um, not necessary to start with, but basically if you want some traction, it can definitely help you. Basically what it is, is that you partner up with the influencer or the creator, you get the advertising access to their profile and you can run ads from their profile and you can actually pay them for uh, renting the uh, profile or based on the ad spend fixed or percentage of ad spend or some of the ambassadors might do it for free just to get the reach out and then you advertise their content and link on your website and basically what it does is that it creates like an extra social proof for the brand and with them you can actually create like multiple different audiences so one is like the cult the prospecting audiences that know, don't know your brand one is that you can actually target their audience 
so because you get the advertising access from them, you can target the page engagers, their video viewers. So this is one uh, thing that usually advertisers get uh, forget about and it's really effective things to activate. Then you can target your traffic. So you can target your re-engagement traffic. So the ones that um, re-engage with your profiles and your website visitors. And let, last but not least, you can also target your customer. So if you have like some uh, product launch or something like that, you can actually activate like your ambassadors or influencers to start dark posting with them and you can, you can introduce your new products with them. So you can actually send them the products early for them to actually uh, shoot a testimonial video or something like that. And then you can use this for the existing customer in order to create uh, that social proof that you need. And you can then also test it towards the, the whole funnel. Right. And I would imagine it's, it's, uh in many cases easier for the influencer to have dark posts as opposed to posting publicly uh organically all the stuff right like because you can you can target specific places but then still on their profiles they have their native organic content yeah and i also think uh, because one thing that was a uh, eye opener for me was like i think it was 5 5 years ago or something like that uh, one of my cousins is actually an influencer and we worked together with one project and he was shooting the content and then he um, sent me like free pictures, something like that. And I it was it, they were really an amazing picture. But me coming from the advertising side, I'm a content hungry person. So I need as many creatives as possible in order to test because you never know what will work. Uh, although he knows what's working for his audience, it's not necessary that it will work like on the broader audience. So I asked him like, okay, these are really nice pictures. So how many pictures did you actually do? And he told me like 50 or something like that. And I asked him, uh, what are you going to do with the rest of them? <laughs> uh, and uh, he said, yeah, they're really not that nice. Uh, so I just shared you the ones that are perfect. And I'll delete all the rest. And I was, I was like, no, don't do it, man. I can test them on the ads. You don't need to post them. So, and then I, then we started like this approach of working together with the influencers as creators. Um, so they produce content for us. You we were able to, so then we are able to test on the advertising side. So we have like this arrangement also with influencers to send us like maybe 20 or 30 pieces of content per month. They don't need to post them. Uh, they actually, we just buy out the rights to use the content on the advertising so you can test a lot. And basically it's also connected to the dark posting. So if you have like the dark posting, they don't need to post, but you can you can still like test like 10 or 20 different pieces of content in order to understand what is, what the customers will engage with and what will convert on the different stages of the funnel. Because I see that in many cases, like the creative and the communication is working on the top of the funnel, might, might not necessarily be the best performing one that is uh, targeted towards your whole tra traffic, so your own traffic. So it's important to actually play around. So it's really important to then have the discussion and try to arrange with influencers to get like as many creative assets as possible so you're able to test. That is great, man. Th thanks so much. I think it's going to make a lot of people to to rethink the way we they are focusing their efforts in terms of in terms of growing. And 
I was reading somewhere in your background profile, uh, you were talking about uh, user-generated content to, to scale an e-commerce store. Can, can you tell us what is user-generated content and, and how can we how can you use it to, to, to scale? It's, uh, it's a connected to what I was just explaining about. So it's basically you have like uh, multiple sources of content. So you have the studio shooting content, you have the live studio, uh, style shooting content and uh, the UGC content. Let's say you have this free. Uh, you also can have like the EGC. So this is the employee generated content. So you can actually shoot like with your phone inside the company. This is also one uh, untapped opportunity for multiple different businesses, I believe, uh, because I saw this working in many cases uh, when I was working in a project and then actually the team member shoot the content because they knew what they they needed. So they were actually shooting the content. Uh, might not send out such a good brief, but if they are on the set and they can shoot the content with their phone, uh, it's just what uh, they are looking for. Um, so basically UGC is like user-generated content. So you either partner up with some creators, influencers, you can also uh, get the content from your customers database and it's basically more native to the platform i won't say that it works better in 100 of the case but usually it's like the combination between like the shooting content um the video so the photo the video the gifs from the shooting content and combining with the ugc because based on the platform that you're using uh it might be okay with Facebook and if you're targeting like older demographics, they might prefer like user-generated content because they trust the people that look like them or they're uh, talking they're talking about the product, really transparent about it, uh, tackling their objectives. In some cases, if, you're ta if you have like the, uh, let's say a jewelry and you're uh, targeting women between like 25 to 33, it might happen that you need like really good, like this high production studio content because this is what they're uh, chasing in a certain market but in the other market might be the other way around so regarding the ugc it's really important to think about okay how do i get uh, content from influencers how do i get content from content creators so content creator might it's not necessary an influencer uh, so it's not uh, about like what kind of following do they have, but it's about what kind of knowledge of content they can produce. So this might be someone who is organizing a shooting that likes to do TikTok and it's an, uh, in early stages or YouTube or something like that. Uh, this is especially good if you want to have like more video content and also think about, okay, how can you get uh, content from your customers? So you have many tools uh, on your website that you can also ask like for video testimonials, photo testimonials. You can uh, create like a special bonus around, like, okay, everyone that will send out the video testimonials for us, we will pick like 20 and they'll get the refund for uh, their their last purchase plus a um, coupon code for this kind and we will actually purchase the rights to use this across all our channels or something like that so basically try to be creative and i believe the best ideas will be when you analyze like the bigger uh, players that are already doing it right but this is basically some ideas that uh, came on the top of my mind right now when we were talking about this
Well, absolutely, man. My subconscious is already starting to generate ideas in, you know, how can can we use that in, in, in what we do? Uh, so I'm sure many of the many of the people listening will also be uh, bombarded with, with a lot of different ideas from the examples, success cases that you share. And, and I'm also curious to hear about the other side because we talk about what works. But if we... If you reflect a little bit, if you look into the last, uh, I mean, you've been, yeah. you're spending so much money of customers and yourself in trying things out, experimenting, and, and I'm sure there's also a lot of things that don't work. So if we look yeah. into the last six months, what are some strategies or, or campaigns that really did not give you the success that you, you hope for? Yeah, I would start with that, with advertising, like 90% plus of the things that you test won't work. This is one thing that I always uh, tell people. And also this was like the similar line that I also talk with uh, when I was hiring for the first time for the post-production team, the video editor, and he actually came from the TV advertising background and he was explaining me, okay, we need to create like this perfect video. And I was telling him, I need to, I need you to do the first month to do 100 bad videos because with 100 bad videos, you learn more if you try to create like five perfect ones because you will learn the data around it. Um, so basically a couple of things that didn't work was number one, launching a new brand in Q4 <laughs> because with, in Q4, you don't have that much time of acquiring uh, new customers, it's, we we had like a plan last year, we had a plan to actually launch one project at the end of August, so we would prepare everything um, till, um, so prepare everything till let's say October, so then we can push karting Q4. What happened in reality was that it got post postponed, so we started at the beginning of November, <laughs> and it was terrible because the CPMs were up, it was a new brand, we did our homework, it got the imagery and so on, but we didn't build out the trust and the database to understand it. So if you are launching a brand, make sure might be different, but this was a lesson from our side. Don't launch it in Q4. So try to launch it earlier to get like some information to learn the customers, because usually it's like this learning curve of three to six months for you to actually understand, okay, what is the direction that we need to go in order to scale? Because like you mentioned, a lot of businesses are talking about scaling, but do they have the traction in place and are they profitable? Because uh, one thing that we all, was also a lesson for us uh, was that, okay, yeah, we, we would like to scale. Yeah, everyone wants to scale, obviously. But do you have like, do you have right now the metrics figured out? Are you profitable? Because if you're not profitable and you're bootstrapping the business, first you need to actually figure out the profitability. So if you're hitting the profitability of, I don't know, 10, 15, 20%, um, then you have like, okay, I have room for actually invest more. But if you have like troubles of being profitable with 50K and you don't have an investment or a, a bigger fund uh, behind it, first is the first step is to figure out the profitability. And this was the lesson from our side. So uh, we actually partner up with one uh, super big company that want to uh, launch uh, one uh, sub-brand in some markets. And they say, yeah, this is, we scale, they're crushing it. They'll do everything. We won't do everything. We will, we will uh, 
try to figure out digital marketing. We have some best cases, but it's super important to also dedicate like the person from the team side that will be um, in fast pace with us. So it's like, don't look for a one-stop solution to say, okay, these are the guys that are crushing it. They'll do everything. No, it's like a teamwork. So you'll do part of it. We'll do part of it. In the end of the day, if we are doing, if we're working together, right. And if you have some luck, if we combine the knowledge, we will create something amazing together. Uh, but don't look just for, to hire experts. I think it's really important to actually combine the expertise with like your uh, discipline to get involved or someone else from the team to get involved. Um, I think this was one. What else can I say? Yeah, briefs for the creative. This was also <laughs> one interesting part for us. So we had like this uh, university sale planned in Q4 and we started planning super late. And we were really in a time pressure about, okay, we need to organize a shooting this week because next week we are starting that. And then when we actually, we had the shooting and when the content um, content came, the content was terrible. So we, it was, we were not able to use it. So we didn't have a plan B. Then, okay, what, what do we do next? So we quickly adapt to try to, okay, what are still, we cut it, we combine with some old content. So at the end of the day, we have the content in place. But I think it's about like planning early and think about and have the discussion, okay, what can go wrong? Not to say, okay, something will go wrong, but if something goes wrong to prepare the whole team, okay, how do we, um, how do we actually then react to that thing? Because it's super important when you have like some uh, time pressure around you. So you have a fixed date. Okay, this is when we go live and this is the assets we need. And this is the channels that we're targeting or this is the account that we will use. And it's a simple question. Okay, let's say you have uh, a lot of budget on Facebook ads. What happens if all the accounts get blocked? What happens if we don't, if we get the content, it's not good. So this is basically the discussion that you need to have in order if you have some big sales or big events or something like that, to have this discussion early. And I think this was also the lesson or the challenge that we have. And I think we actually got a lot of value out of it, how to be better for the future. Man, thanks so much for sharing. And, and I think it's actually very calming for for people to hear that even people like yourself guys like super professional with so much experience in the field you still you know especially in early Same, stages yeah. you, know, you kind of try to figure it out and you said 90 yeah, percent yeah. of advertising is not going to work and and yeah. people people trying to make the first facebook ad that they ever create yeah. to be perfect which is like yeah. uh you know the numbers are against right um, but but I'm really grateful. I want to respect your time, Yuri. Uh, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know you got to re-listen to this episode because there's so much golden nuggets and, and the guys sharing uh, information and knowledge that can, you know, it's literally worth millions of euro. So I hope you, you really get this concept. Yuri, it's been such a pleasure having you here and an honor having you on Productivity Mastery. How could people get in touch? If people want to work with you, people want to work with Wiscale, give us a bit of a perspective. 
what is the kind of the range of customers? How big of companies are coming to you, and how can they get in touch and 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 you can help them to to, to scale and to grow? Yeah. So first uh, to start with myself. So if you want to reach out uh, through me, I think it will be the best way would be LinkedIn or Facebook. Just connect. Uh, I assume it will be much better to copy paste the name. Uh, then to actually try to figure it out because it's a little bit harder. So, and I hope that you still and also so, uh, share some links with them uh, where they can actually reach out. I also, so if you have I any also questions. copy pasted the name, man. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, um, I think it's just reach out if you have any questions, something that you want to share some experience, share some failures, and share some success. Always love to listen. Um, so, and regarding the WeScale, so basically we are a boutique e-commerce scaling agency. So we work with the e-commerce businesses that want to grow their sales in Europe. Um, so we have limited number of spots. So we usually partner up from five to eight companies max. Right now we have 33 people in the team. So we can actually dedicate uh, a lot of people to each project. Uh, so what we are actually looking for is... I mentioned a little bit towards this talk. So basically, that's a good product. Also, experienced founder behind it. That they have the passion for the growth. That are willing to also invest their time to work together with us uh, to grow their sales, to grow their presence, to open up new markets. And it's uh, the website is wescale.agency. So there you can reach out or you can just uh, message me on LinkedIn and you can talk about it uh, if you are interested. Uh, we are constantly changing the criteria on which kind of businesses because it's hard to actually say, okay, yeah, these are the businesses and we're not working with someone else. Um, basically, our vision is to uh, help like improve the uh, general like e-commerce world. So basically, we want to co-create like the world where e-commerce improves lives. So we want to actually be the ones that sell like this amazing products for them, uh, that the people are satisfied with it, that they keep coming back, that they're recommending to the customers. So this is basically where we are thinking of. So I would imagine you guys are not selling too much drugs and cigarettes and those kind of things. No, not this year. Not this <laughs> no, year. I was actually, it was a decision. <laughs> basically, when I started with Scale, because in the past, I also sold a lot of shitty products. And at uh, one point of your career, you feel bad about like um, telling someone what you're selling. So when I started with Scale, I said that regarding the products, like the main uh, criteria for myself is that if I would use the product or I would give the product to someone else as a gift and not feel bad about it. So this is basically the criteria. We said like no to many opportunities because of that. But I believe that in the end of the day, it's about like uh, listening to yourself and what is a passion for you and what you believe in. And at the end of the day, you will uh, get also the results with those ones. Staying true to your values and, and actually having a, you know, good time when you go to sleep at night feeling that you know yeah. what you what you recommend what you did actually was yeah. was something good for the world thank you so much you thanks everybody for for listening to being with us uh, over an hour episode um episode 101 once again so love the number means, man. I really <laughs> there's a number. hundred more episodes uh, on spotify apple podcast if you guys enjoy this episode make sure to share it with a friend if that will help them to, to grow their business, get in touch with Jura, get in touch with Wiscale, 
you might not be uh, making the criteria yet, but hey, if you're persistent, I'm sure that you, you might get a shot and, and <laughs> that could be a game changer for your business. Make sure to connect with Yuri. Copy-paste his name because it's it's hard to to, <laughs> to remember it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, guys. See you once again in the next episode of Productivity Mastery. Next week, we're going to have another exceptional performer, uh, the CEO and founder of the first Bulgarian unicorn, Payhawk. Uh, so we're going to have another very interesting discussion. Make sure to tune in live and uh, have an amazing week ahead. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you guys for listening. And if you're looking for somebody to help you step up your team performers and boost your productivity, make sure to check out stoyanyankov.com for online workshop solutions and programs designed to help you go through the current situation in a smoother manner. Stay safe and keep moving forward.